Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Because you've been like, we've all been kind of mumbling low into our microphones, so I've been. Holy crap. Never, never touch them again. Hello! 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 Hello. It is the. Oh shit. The 29th of August, 2012. This is episode 73 of The Skeptic War, and it has been brought to my attention that 73 is the 21st prime number, which you get by multiplying 7 and 3. Yay. 7 times well, 3 equals 21st. 21, which makes 21st, and it's 21st prime number, which is 73. Okay! Something like that. Wasn't there a Jim Carrey movie about that sort of coincidence? 13. The number 13. 27. No, yeah, it was not 13. It was... 23. 23, I think it was 23. Yeah. 23, sure. Something like that. But Jim Carrey, boo. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting film, actually. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I am your host, Gary Long, and with me are uh, Donna Swafford. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and our host this week, Greg Perrine. Me love you a long time. Okay. Oh, wow. He mm. gets real comfortable in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's everybody's week it's, been? It's my house of love. How's everybody's week been? <laughs> every, every, everybody been weak this week? How's everybody's week? How has week been, everybody? You, week, everybody, week, I've been. How? How? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Yeah, my week could have been better, but... Yeah. It's great now, though, isn't it? Yes, because I'm with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Dan by Faint Praise. How about you, Greg? How was your week? Been? I'm doing okay. Things are a little weird and complicated, but that's that's it's okay. Okay. Yeah. What would life be without weird and complicated? Uh, well, it's like that. What is that? What ancient, would life be if I could actually speak? That ancient Chinese curse may live in interesting times. That's sure. <laughs> XKCD actually has a interesting comic about that one. It's like it's not a curse. It should be interesting. Who wants to live a boring life? Me? I, I could do with that right now. I want to be a kept man. I want to stay home and take care of the babies. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, ladies, there you have it. Uh, Greg's looking for <laughs> Greg a sugar mama. Brian. And his number is 210 Okay. I'm going to give people your real number. Hell, we give out our email address and our Facebook page. They could find us if they, ha- if they really, really wanted to. Yeah, who... Your yeah. task, should you choose to accept, accept it, it, is try and call Greg on his phone. <laughs> you have a week. Go! Three minutes later. Ring, ring. What are you going to give them as a prize? The ability to harass you anytime that they wish. All right. <laughs> so much for that phone number. <laughs> Stalking. 
All right. Uh, what we got? We got birthdays? We have birthdays this week? We have birthdays. Yay! Um, Time moves forward. Um, not exactly a... Um, Skeptical or science birthday? Let me try... A new birthday? An old birthday? Uh, let me try that again. A pantomime horse. A pantomime princess Margaret. Kind of close. Um... <laughs> There are two people I wanted to talk about today, birthday-wise, one of which is um, a British citizen, so the pantomime horse thing kind of made some sense, which is our friend Richard Honus. Ah, then a panto horse. <laughs> pantomime I that was is big in Britain, or at least it used to be, and he does acting and singing singing yes. So, happy birthday, Richard! Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Richard! Richard. Ho- hopefully we get to see you again and do karaoke again with you sometime soon. Actually, I kind of talked to, I talked to him online today. He's he's making plans to come back across the pond um, sometime next year. So Woohoo! Hopefully we'll see him then. Right on. But the world the keeps getting smaller. Big old skeptical birthday that I was going to mention today is uh, August 29th, 1955, is the birthday of Roger Scott, Roger Scott Jackson. Roger Scott Jackson. He was that baseball player, right? He hit the, like, thousandth home run or something. Was he a mass murderer? He has three names. (laughs) Um, okay, let's see. Skeptical. He's more well-known by another name. Hmm. At least within skeptical circles. Mr. Pibb. (laughs) No. Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Pac-Man. He's better known as Brother Sam, Sam Singleton, the atheist evangelist. Evangelist? Evangelist. (laughs) Shut up, Gary. You're not the only one who can't talk. So he's the atheist evangelist. So he writes... Crappy electronic electronic musical scores? (laughs) That no one believes in. He he does a lot of... um, Okay, whatever. Ooh, the dog likes that. How you doing? The the dog likes singing. Yes. She's like, I want to join in. Okay, uh, so he's uh, Sam Singleton, the yes. atheist evangelist. He does a lot of um, mocking performances where he has kind of one-act plays that he talks about experiences in his life and um, how um, what it's like to grow up amongst um, full-on Pentecostal Bible thumpers. Um, and kind of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, quoting actual scripture to make fun of it and... Um, um, other people may know him a little bit better because he was essentially the the source of the controversy for last year's Skepticon, oh, yeah. the Gelato Gate, <laughs> where that Gelato store owner um, very upset. Yeah, got very upset because he saw Sam Singleton's performance, or at least part of it. A part and of it. you know, he's openly mocking religion and showing it to be as silly as it is. And Shock, also, horror, part of his performance is he encourages the audience to kind of participate in the whole feeling of the thing yeah. by... Um, Instead of it, saying, Amen, yes. they say, God damn! Yes, the interjections and the whole crowds involved and that sort of thing. So probably this guy saw all these 
atheists and it's like, oh my god, they're just, you know, they're goddamning everything. And it's, you know, so he got pissed, pissed off and then didn't want people in his shop. Yep. And there was a whole controversy. Sam Singleton didn't really con- comment it on all, but it was his performance, which was just, it's just a performance. It's an entertainment act. Sure. Uh, with a little bit of satire thrown in the, there for good measure. So Probably a lot of satire. Yes. All right. Well, happy birthday, uh, Sam. Yes. And Richard. Yep. Goddamn. 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 <laughs> and, uh, and on that note, um, the Web of Trust recommendation I'm going to make uh, this week. Um, I mentioned uh, Skepticon, that uh, last year brother Sam uh, performed there. I don't think he's going to be there this year, but Skepticon 5 is coming up. In early November. Five. And um, I've already signed up to register. Donna and Gary might be able to go. We'll see what how schedules work out and all that. But the Web of Trust recommendation I'm going to make there is actually the Skepticon.org website does not have a Web of Trust rating, rating. at all. Yeah. So go on out there, Skepticon.org, after you've installed your Web of Trust plugin to whatever browser you use, and then wait, rate them up so people know that it's a safe place to go. Yeah. Because Skepticon itself they can will hang be a, out there naked. a safe place to go, despite what Gary just said. <laughs> well, it'll be online. I mean, not Skepticon itself, but Skepticon.com yes. or org. Dot org. Yes. Dot org. So, go, Web of Trust, fly, my pretties, fly. <laughs> the worst witch in the world. <laughs> fly, my pretties. Fly, my pretties, fly. Ha, 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 ha. Great! Web of Trust, go to... Hey, you know what's happening? Is it this month? I think it's tomorrow. It's, Wait, this it's tomorrow, Friday, Friday actually. Oh, Friday the Friday. 31st. Oh, well, this will be up Just by then. Just barely Tonight, in time. Tonight, yeah. to you folks who download this on Friday before evening. <laughs> Not just download, but also listen to. Good point. Good point. But they might get to it if they listen to us on double speed. Yeah. There's a there's a blue really moon, scary. a moon that will be blue, but it's not because that's actually not what the term comes from. Blue moon, I don't know the words to blue moon. You saw me standing alone, without a dream in my heart, without a love of my own. No, nope, that's know. not it. Fuck you! <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay, and FYI, I do not. Imagine myself as a singer. I do not promote myself as a singer. I apologize for everybody whose ears are starting to bleed because I sang. So <laughs> it was fine. Anyway, there's a blue moon, Captain Friday, <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently Buzz Aldrin's being uh, buried. <laughs> Ow! Sorry. For for you and the listening audience. Our own Greg Perrine, he gathers up all of our information and sends it to us. And earlier this week, he does he a let really us, good job. He does a really good earlier job. Earlier today, I think it was today, he's, he yes, alerted today. us that Buzz Aldrin had died. No, 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 he didn't. No, he just. No, 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 no. He didn't say Buzz Aldrin died. He said Blue Moon leads into to the topic Buzz of Buzz Aldrin. Aldrin. Right, and, and which which is a you know it's a appropriate because he did walk on the moon and yeah, and he has a book out called Men on the Moon. <laughs> right, but he but just, that was not what where right. we wanted it to lead. He made a fox paz, and I'm also going to go back a second and just 
wrap up the whole blue moon thing. Yeah. Which and is, <laughs> blue moon is when there's a full moon twice in one month. That's the current definition, but it kind of came from the idea of a rare event of the moon being seeming blue because of smoke in the air, because of forest fires or volcano events. Yeah. So... It's a, It's not going to actually be blue. You're not going to be able to go out and see, oh, look, blue moon. No, it's it's a rare event. Yes. So the whole blue colorness has kind of gone by the wayside, but yay. But hey, if, yeah. there's, a, if there's a volcanic explosion, perhaps yeah. the moon will turn blue. Again. Well, we uh, can, sorry, we it can will turn blue. Hope. Perhaps <laughs> it'll look blue, not turn blue. Yeah. Which reminds me, you guys ever see Hancock, that movie Hancock? Yes. At the yes. end, where he puts that big giant red heart thing on the on the moon, I wonder if he ever got fined for that. Well, the moon is not owned by any country, so it's international. I know, but he did kind of ruin a pristine place. I don't know. And what, the aliens are going to be pissed. I don't know what the rules are for vandalism on the moon. I, yeah, I think well, the that's treaties true, are unclear. Because uh, Cherface Chippendale also. Uh, Shot a laser at the moon. You guys are not familiar with the tick. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> so why don't we move on to other news that made us blue? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Which was the Neil past- Armstrong the of- died. <laughs> what? Neil Armstrong died. You've been talking for a while. What? I can't say that. I was in the middle of a sentence. And I stopped it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, go ahead. Speaking of blue moons. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, fine. A true American legend, Neil Armstrong, unfortunately passed away earlier this week due to complications from heart surgery. Yeah. And, you know... He did inspire a lot of people to get involved in science and astronomy and really encourage generations to want to be moonwalkers, unlike a certain, you know, 80s singer. Whose birthday is also today. Yes. Oh. Oh. So I, I, I think that we all, we all here at the Skeptic Wire are very sad at the passing of Lieutenant Armstrong, and we... Yes, he was a lieutenant. That's it? Hmm? Oh. He should be at least, like, commander or Major. something. And Admiral we appreciate, Armstrong! <laughs> and we appreciate MSNBC for providing lots of funnies on the part of Neil Armstrong. I think he would have yeah. gotten a kick out of the fact that he learned that um, Neil, Neil Young, Young was, an, was also a astronaut, apparently, <laughs> who died this week. And Neil Armstrong also won seven Tour de France's. <laughs> He's actually a really amazing guy. Yes. <laughs> and he's saying for the Foo Fighters, too, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I, okay, you've lost me entirely. <laughs> or one of those yeah. sort of new wave punk fans. Now, uh, yeah, my point of view on this is that he is, he is a great pioneer and a wonderful inspiration for science and exploration and all that. Um, and as much as it's sad that he's passed... I'm not as sad as I could be because he has lived a rich and full life and has accomplished a lot. So I, it's it's okay that he's passed on. Yeah. 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 
I, yeah, I think what exactly. is compounding this for a lot of people is the recent death, though, of Sally Ride. You know, we we've had these these legends in the space industry. Heroes. In this, he didn't this, like the word hero, though. Right. He was a very private man. He really was. I no, mean, he was a lieutenant. But um, bum. Private Dan. Oh, Lieutenant Dan. Dan never man. Sorry. 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 Go ahead. He he valued his privacy to the extreme. Um, as did Sally Wright. And once again, though, the world is a better place for these two people having done what they did. Absolutely. We need more heroes. Yes. We need more people who are heroes because of their actions. Yes. Sorry. Actions, not actions. We need more people who are heroes because of their actions that are promoting science and reason and everything else. Because I'm sorry, Brad Pitt has actions and he's being rewarded for it. And his actions are nowhere near the capacity of Neil Armstrong. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. You know, I'm sorry. When Brad Pitt's on again, off again, who the fuck cares wedding vows are the mainstay of -hmm. of our, our news media and somebody like Neil Armstrong is, it's it's a passing right. news. This is not right in the world. Right, but I, I would say that it doesn't have to be purely science and and stuff like that. Right. You can have great explorers who are not scientists themselves, or uh, great leaders who aren't scientists. Maybe Pe- they are who politicians. Push the boundaries. We right. need we need people to in give inspiration. Way. Right. Great teachers. We need great firefighters. Exactly. Correct. People who who are basically kind of selfless. I mean, Neil Armstrong didn't get, didn't get rich off of his accomplishments. He didn't he didn't really monetize, like say a Brad Pitt or well, well Brad Pitt's an actor. I, that that's his job <laughs> to monetize himself. Right. Or um, I can't I can't think of anyone who's done something purely. The Kardashians. Or someone who runs into uh, a burning building to save a child and comes out and sells his life story for thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. Something like that. Right? Granted, Neil Armstrong kind of had books written about it. <laughs> I'm kind of digging myself a little hole here. All right. Maybe we should just move on. Let's move on. We can move on to stuff that aren't actually making us sad. We can move on to stuff that pisses us off yeah donna you look a little pissed a little pissed yeah um i recently went to a baby shower for a co-worker yay babies you're right i i, I was gonna segue into this by saying you know when i was a kid i really looked up to the i, I loved the space program speaking of kids okay go ahead <laughs> we um, have two transitions for the price of one, one. <laughs> yay although and, greg beat me to it so this this coworker of mine and his wife are are having a baby girl in October. Did we did the big Muzzle jet- tough. right? So what did you know? What I I got them blankets. You know, kind of a useful thing. You bought Michael Jackson's child. Yes, child. I did. A monkey. No, the no one of his kids' son's nickname, name was blanket. blanket. Oh, it's a nickname, I think. Or oh God, like why do you know that? Because <laughs> it was on South Park. <laughs> ah, good reason. Okay, good. Pretty much the same reason here. <laughs> Sorry. But we digress. Um, and 
I've, I've mentioned to you both about how I have this coworker whose wife is, how shall we say, um, unscientific and wooey and all of this jazz. She buys this brand new baby an amber teething bracelet because she swears it will stop teething pain immediately. Um, and so I looked up the company that sells this. No, no, wait a minute. Just, just before before it's told about the company, it's possible that she bought her the amber teething ring in hopes that it contained like a, a small mosquito that had blood from a dinosaur in it, and was hoping that the kid would grow up and start cloning dinosaurs. Is that is that? Do you know my coworker? Because that's actually not <laughs> no, outside the realm of possibility. Occam's here. Razor uh, says that that is not the case. <laughs> So I looked at the company that makes these amber teething necklaces and says that Baltic amber helps with teething pain. It also is immune-boosting properties, reduction in teething pain, calms a baby without resorting to drugs. It is also anti-inflammatory and has therapeutic properties recognized by allopathic medicine as a natural analgesic. Wait, allopathic? Really? I'm I'm looking at it right now. What's this website so that our listeners can go onto Web of Trust and downvote it? www.amberartisans.com. They're artisans, though. So they're making flat-out health claims. I mean, they're using the weasel words like boost the immune system. Um, But they're saying, they're they're claiming that the amber itself relieves pain, where it's probably just when when a baby teethes on something... It, it makes them less restless because they're well, that, that was, satisfying that thing. That was going to be my question. Does a normal, like a rubber or plastic teething ring, do the same thing? Because if so, if, it has, if, a, if a rubber or plastic teething ring has the same benefits, then it's okay for the amber to, to say that because they're, they're just basically saying the same thing. Oh, now. now, hold on. It actually gets better. Okay. Now, because anti-inflammatory, maybe, because they teeth and it makes it go away. Okay, go ahead. How does it get better, please? Baltic amber healing properties. Allows the body to heal itself. Radiates <laughs> soothing energy and absorbs negative energy. Thus, needs cleaning, cleansing often. Calms nerves and stimulates the intellect. Aligns ethereal and physical energies, cleanses the environment, and is a success in treating disorders of the kidney and bladder. Forget me trying to be okay. kind. <laughs> Fuck them in their fucking ears. Yeah. Now, now, now we can say that it's really, really wooey. Yes. Uh, I mean, the first part it you can say that yes, anything a kid is going to chew on is going to make them calmer and. You know, dealing with the teeth pain is good if you make it nice and chilly. Like you're supposed to, you know, some people will freeze the teething rings for coldness and stuff like that. But aligning your energy waves, ethereal and physical energies. All right, I'll have to remember the ethereal energies. Excellent. Yeah, like I said, and I love that how it cleanses the environment. Well, you know, I guess because babies are kind of dirty. Yeah. They even have an amber education room. But you know what? I, I like I like I like also the fact that they say that because the the teething ring needs cleaning a lot, not because the baby's kind of dirty and it'll drop it and everything, but because it's because it's absorbing negative energies, like <laughs> washing it 
will release and they oh positive ions from from the moving water. Of course. Uh, How silly especially of me. if they use the Kegel water. I mean, sorry, Kangen water. <laughs> Things that we talked about in months past on the podcast. I know, that never gets old. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. What is the one thing that they tell you is one of the things that you should be careful of when you have a baby is choking hazards. You're not supposed to give children necklaces, especially, you know what, like zero to six months when they're so, like actually teething. So this isn't like one of those big kind of like five inch wide donut ring things. It's a necklace with little pieces of amber. Yes. Why don't you exp- no no don't show it, it to me. It, Explain it, it to the listener. Who yeah, can't look it, at it, your does it have does it have on there? Uh, contains small pieces. May not be suitable for children under right. three. I didn't see so, it. So does it kind of look like one of those candy necklaces that people have? Yeah. It's that small. Well, they're bead size. Yeah. They're gonna, they're oh, they're getting worse <laughs> and worse. Everything you read. Amber mums and bubs teething necklace set. So the idea is that the mom wears this and it's okay for fashion as well as for the kid to munch on? Yep. And who cares if, you know, the string breaks and the beads go everywhere and, oh, look, one went in the baby's mouth and they're choking. I'm and sure they're using... What uh, was CPR again? How do I do that? Do I need to blow in the baby's mouth or just press on their chest and how hard? And you know what? Don't give them the little amber necklaces with the little pieces so they don't choke. Right, exactly. And now it's, you know, so I saw this and I'm like in my head, like flipping out. And I'm like, are you really certain that this is safe for a teething baby? And she's like, oh, yeah, I've used them. This is also a woman who does not vax. So I'm pretty sure, and I hate to say this, her kid's fucked. So. <laughs> well, that's the unfortunate part about some of these things that because of, say, herd immunity, a lot of kids who don't get vaccinated still survive. You know, kids who are given these kind of teething necklaces that are really pointless are okay, but when they have little pieces, not all of them are going to choke on it. So people will still believe that this is still good because not every kid who who doesn't vax, not every kid who's given an amber necklace dies or has something horrible happen to them. And I don't wish horrible things to happen to kids, but that... There's no evidence, really, of the really bad stuff for these these parents to latch on to. Yeah. Yeah. Because the law of averages means that most kids are probably going to be okay. You know, there are kids who swam in the Hudson River River and they're fine. Well, there's... Under the uh, FAQ, uh, it has what happens if the amber necklace gets torn. It says, string in our amber necklaces is very strong and breaking is unlikely to happen. Even if the amber necklace would break, only one bead would come off. I think they mean off. The amber teething necklaces beads are light and small. The bead is therefore too small for a child to choke on. But if a child could swallow amber bead from the amber necklace, it won't be harmful since it is not poisonous. It used to be ground up and swallowed in medicinal mixtures. Oh, it used to be ground up. What's your point? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, But hey, it has succinic acid, 3 to 8%. Uh, of succinic acid is contained in the Baltic amber. Just so you know, and, and that's a that's a scientifically examined med- medical substance used in contemporary medicine. They don't mention which ones, but uh, I'm sold. <laughs> Here we go. I like this. The necklace can be rinsed in clear spring 
clean spring water, no chlorine or detergents, please, and left to dry in the sunlight. Keep in the storage box with a soft pad and storing the necklace when it's not being used. And after teething, we recommend that the necklace be worn after teething is finished as there are many other benefits of Amber's therapeutic properties will continue. Amber has immune-boosting properties and helps with many other ailments, including eczema, growing pains, and even arthritis. Wow! So it they just gets wooier. Just there in the end, they got in the cure-all that it's going to make sure your kid doesn't have asthma. Because it's always about asthma. It, no, all, all these products, but No, I mean... It's yeah. it almost all these woo products. If they say they cure asthma, you know it's woo. <laughs> well, we should probably get one for you, Greg. Oh, they even asked the question: Are the <laughs> necklaces just for girls? <clears throat> what? I'm not shitting you. Uh, Further up in the FAQ. Well, okay, so under does succinic acid exist anywhere? Because I thought it was something that the mother wore, and it's okay for the the kid to teeth on. That's the fashion statement. But you're saying that people are putting these necklaces... On kids. Around the kids' throats. Necks. Necks. Necks being throat, being yeah, choked, being but, but, we, we, but when you say throat, it, it's like they're garroting them or something. <laughs> All it has to do is get caught on one thing, and it turns into that. Well, yeah. That bad. Yeah. That not good. That mean me hate amber necklaces. <laughs> Me but, so angry, me not talk good but anymore. But all of the pictures show the, the mother carrying the child, so I'm sure nothing And they're very happy. Happen. Yeah, they're all well, smiling. Okay, okay. The, the, the benefit of this is probably the parents who are going to get this sort of amber necklace thing for their kids are also helicopter parents, so they're never going to leave the kid alone ever, and they're going to hover over every little thing. On the other hand, I do see a children's amber healing necklace Baroque style, which is pretty uh, close around the neck. So it's a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, like I said, I just, I saw this and I had to bring this to the attention of our listeners because, wow, the woo is strong with these. Yeah. So w- what's happening with these is a lot of moms are buying other moms these necklaces. Right, as baby shower gifts. Baby shower gifts or whatever. So this is something that the moms are doing that's horrible. We had another story this week about something that the dads are doing to ruin their child's lives. And that would... Isn't that just, you know, fighting a dad? No, damn it! <laughs> Snipping off the ends of the penises again? Well, we could talk about that, too. But I was but talking it, about the genetic studies that came out of, uh, what is it, Iceland? Oh, yeah, I blame my parents all for, for my genes. I mean, who else would you blame? Exactly. <laughs> so there I was, could blame you guys, but really... I, there was a pretty um, big, comp- comprehensive study on um, uh, somewhere around 85,000 Icelandic people. I believe it was, yeah, 85,000. Including base, you know, about 25,000 mother-child-father pairings, so they could test all three together. So they could see what they... What they, they, test, they got the genetic sequences of... Um, well, at least I think it was portions of the genetic sequences of a lot of these people these subjects and they looked at the areas where some for some reason in our DNA there are some places that mutate more often than others so they're a good place to look at to track how often mutations happen and they looked at these 85,000 people and they concluded that the vast majority of mutations or well 
more mutations come from the father than come from the mother. I think it was something for every one. Yes, because we're always pushing the boundaries. For every one mutation in the mother, there's a little over three mutations that come from the totally father. Not true. Go ahead. No, no. That, that I mean, that's the that's really the point. That there there are more mutations that come from the father, and then they kind of <laughs> hypothesized the idea that with our DNA is weak. No, no. It's just that adventurous. See, okay, when a mommy and a daddy get together... harmony uh, profile? I have, I have adventurous DNA. <laughs> <laughs> what happens, Gary, is when a mommy and daddy love each other very much... Yeah? <laughs> um, they have sex. Sex. Yes. Sex? That's the penis and vagina. Oh, I thought it was the 80s rock band thing. So the man ejaculates, and sperm goes in. So he shouts. And the sperm is gone, so he has to produce more. So the male body is always producing more and more okay. sperm. We've got saxophones, we have whales, we have a guy yelling, what? Yes, it's the birds and the bees, Gary. <laughs> I was never and told And apparently never, saxophones and whales added in just for <laughs> make it hey, a little kinkier. It's not saxophones and whales, it's whips and chains, Gary. Get it right. Oh, 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 whips and chains. Yeah. Now I get that. Okay. So the science of this is that, you know, I learned way back when in high school that most of the women's eggs you have set pretty early on, and they don't—they're not dividing; they're just kind of there. Yeah, they—they they said, but I think that they're that changing, they're changing that. that, that but the fact is that you know women have you a know, limited a limited number. They have—I'm trying to figure out the numbers in my head. Twelve thousand eggs. Let's say that. That's one day's production for a guy. You know, millions of sperms all the time. So there's a lot more dividing and dividing and dividing happening to make more sperm constantly, which means potential for more mutations. Which also, I thought, I thought you did, if you got rid of them, the the, the new ones would be healthier. Well, it's it's that the cells are always dividing, right. so they divide and one. You think they get better at it? <laughs> But no, in fact, they also found that um, it, from... It's probably a long division. When they compared... And nobody likes that. Yeah, it's difficult. Make mistakes all the time. When they compared 20-year-olds to people who are almost 60, men, they found that there was a higher mutation rate as you got older, and it doubled between 20 and almost 60. It's amazing babies can get born after 30 at all. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, if the uh, father's, you know what I yeah. mean. Okay. So it's, it's just that the, the the man has been copying sperm, copying sperm for years, and every once in a while, little mistake goes in there, and yeah. maybe that mistake stays in the stem cell that produces more sperm, because hmm. that was a copy, and then that gets copied and copied and copied, and then another mutation comes in, and sure. that it, just it, kind it, of adds up a, over yeah, time. Compounds, sure. Which has led... Um, there, there were a couple of articles on this, and I wasn't sure if they were both talking about the same article, uh, the same research paper, but um, because there are things in, in Nature of Genetics and Nature getting published this month. Um, and, but the, the conclusions really come around to the idea that this matches a lot with what they've been finding in autism patients, right. in that the, there's a higher correlation between the age of a father and whether or not a kid might have autism 
saying right. that... It, but there's the, definitely a correlation between the age of the mother. And not really so much. Not not necessarily with... Not with autism. With autism. There are things like, like, other, other, like Down yeah. syndrome. Yeah, because Down syndrome, syndrome is more on the mother's side, but yes. I think there was, a, there was also a study that showed that Down syndrome... Uh, was for the for the male as well, but on the other hand, I don't have it in front of me, so right. I'm just throwing. All, all shit I know out is there. reading on this specific gotcha. study that they found that the mutation rate just with the genes themselves, the the individual genes, it's mostly in the fathers, right. which has met has led to as a father gets older, there's less more likely to be the unique combination. Well, not unique, but the combinations of mutations that can lead to autism that we still don't understand yet. Hmm. Whereas with the mothers, it seems to be more entire chromosome problems, which leads to things like Down syndrome. That's exactly, that's what the articles were talking about. I think that another interesting point in the article that we haven't talked about is the fact that they can trace these mutations back into prehistory. And they're estimating that some of these mutations their upper bound is at 6.6 million years. So well, there's, it could well, be estimated that that is the human-chimp divergence point, which doesn't follow the fossil record because you've got Orontogenensis, Salhalanthropus, um, Chadensis, who are estimated at being older than that. They're estimated at over 7 million years. Right. So, so, there's so they're they're looking at this rate of mutation, saying, well, assuming this rate of mutation, that probably puts, based on the math on that, the split between chimpanzees and humans about 6.6 million years ago. Right. But they're just they're older fossils that some of the articles said, well, maybe that means we got the fossils wrong, or maybe the math on this is wrong. Right. But it's an interesting thing, at least in the grand scheme of things. It's within a, a million or a couple of years. It's not like th- these genetic studies say that, you know, oh, we split from chimpanzees a thousand years ago. Right. But like I said, I mean, it, or it's... Or 28 million years ago. It's well, no, <laughs> the Earth is only 6,000 years old, Gary. Don't oh, curse a luck. But once again, it is this complicated marriage between genetics, bioanthropology, archaeology trying to map this human existence again as to how humans became human. Once again, this is tying back into all of the stuff that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. But a a fascinating uh, study where they had a large number of people that they could look at all these variants in their genes and gene sequencing, at least for little bits that they're looking for, they didn't do the entire you know, chromosome sequence. They just looked at this sequence, this one gene type for this protein mutates more often. So they just looked at little snippets, but that this science is getting faster and faster and faster. And we can find out more and more about where we came from, which is just fascinating. And maybe where we're going. So this is, this is an amazing story about the, the, the gene mutations that lead up to um, a kid, being formed and born and maybe having an abnormality, where the next story we can talk about is abnormalities that parents are putting on their kids after they're born. All right. So we were talking, I guess we were, we were segueing somehow into stuff people do to their children. Yeah. Circumcision? Yes. We can be circumspect about the whole thing. But apparently, a pediatrics group 
The American Academy of Pediatrics. Sounds official to me. Yes. They have come out pro-circumcision. They Well... They well, or rather, they they, pro- they think that they, as there are benefits to circumcision, and they think that insurance should cover the right. uh, the circumcision because it does have. They say that it appears to have benefits uh, for uh, to avoid contracting diseases, one of which being urinary tract infections in the first year, but bladder also infections, sexually transmitted diseases, which are later in life. Yeah. But they did recognize that it carries potential downsides like reduced sensation and you can also get an infection. And, of course, there's the whole um, possible killing the child. Well, yeah, that especially with the rabbis cutting off the tip and sucking on it to draw the blood out and giving kids herpes, which is depressing. Yes, yes. it is. But the, at least the American Academy of Pediatrics was just talking about in a... Hospital sterile environment with a trained professional, not yeah. just some guy with a beard and a funny hat. Yep. And the goofy voice. Well, not all Jewish people have goofy voices. Yeah, but the rabbis do. <laughs> anyway. Come on, stereotypes for fun and profit. Well, it's it's an interesting thing that yes, there there. The American Academy of Pediatrics went from being extremely kind of, we don't know what to say, so we're not going to say anything some 10, 15 years ago, right. to now they're saying, well, it seems like there's po- some positive evidence, so we're not going to say that this should be a routine procedure that every boy child should right, okay, be but done. Then, but then who, who, who are they saying should do it? I mean, it seems to me that they, you they shouldn't were, do, you they shouldn't were leaving do it, it up to, to the parents. Yeah, it seems to me that you just shouldn't do it to a kid. If, if, if I, okay, I don't know what age, but if a child, you know, wants to has an age of consent type of thing, yeah. which I think you know the age of reason in Catholics is what eleven or twelve or seven. I don't know what it is, but they go sure. Go ahead, and I've I've been enjoying it all this time. Um, go ahead and take a bit off. Uh, that's perfectly you all make right. Make it look thicker. I mean, that's that, <laughs> that's what that's what when when Gentiles uh, marry someone in the Jewish faith and they become Jewish, they have it done at a later date. You know, yeah. It just you know, is baby's thing is like real small. <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, it, it, there's there's more margin for error there than on a more mature specimen. Right, but they were <laughs> saying that the, the the procedure is actually a little... If you're going to do a circumcision, it's actually a little safer if it's in a clean, sterile environment to do it on an infant because the skin hasn't thickened. Oh, I didn't So if that. you do it later on as adults, even probably as an adolescent, the the member itself has yeah. the skin has has gotten a little thicker. There was something about that procedure which means that it's oh. if you're going to do it, yeah, as as a kid is kind of the way to do it. Yeah, and but, for the most part, you tend to get over it. Yeah, my my kind of <laughs> point of view on this is they talked a lot about well, this can help prevent urinary tract infections as a kid, and there's some studies that are debatable, 
about how it helps prevent attracting AIDS or other social diseases, STDs. Um, but that a lot of those things we know how to deal with. It's called soap and water as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, keep keep the kid clean, change their diaper regularly, and as an adult, use condoms. Don't fuck every everything that moves. Use soap and water. Wash yourself regularly. Yeah. So we don't. <laughs> yes, circumcision is not bad for hygiene. It can be a little positive for hygiene. But why don't we actually use hygiene hygiene as opposed to permanently um, altering the body of a child who, as you said, Gary, cannot consent? Yeah. Well, first of all, you can't use Gene when he's high because that's immoral. It's unethical. I didn't didn't follow that one. I'm sorry. Hygiene. Oh, hygiene. Hygiene. You are making a joke about someone named Gene who was high because I said hygiene. I get it now. It's still not funny. Okay. (laughs) Wow. What the hell have I gotten into? Take the sarcasm hammer to me. (laughs) Greg's not very fun anymore. (laughs) I'm lots of fun, just not to you guys. (laughs) Well... Wow! I know, he invites us into his home and then just insults us. Well, me, not you. <laughs> Fuck you, Donna. There, yeah, there we go. Okay, yes, thank you. <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. Yeah, no, I'm not. You're a little girl. Well, I am a girl. Yeah, well, but no, I'm not going to cry like a little girl because I'm sorry, I can make you cry like a little girl. Yes, there are plenty of ways that you are more stereotypically manly than either one of us, including beating the shit out of somebody. Yeah, I can. You're a gun-toting mama, too. So. <laughs> I, yes. So a- another point of view on this is I did find some articles um, like from The Guardian out in the United Kingdom how... From the outside looking, from the outside looking in, you've got Europe, which has much lower rates of circumcision. Even in the, you know, America is coming down in, in its circumcision rate from it was something like seventy or eighty percent in the eighties. It's come down a lot to more like just half and half. Really, I didn't um, realize that's that low. Yeah, the the well, there's there's basically been a movement against circumcision because mm. it hasn't been seen as necessary like it used to be. Sure. But right. still, we, we still circumcise our kids because a lot more than, say, yeah. Europe. Well, That's because Europe discovered soap before we and that did. Was, that, that's always been one thing I don't understand is, okay, my family is not Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, And I haven't asked my parents about this, and I'm positive they're not going to talk about it because we don't talk about such things. But it's like, we're not Jewish. The whole foreskin thing was a, a Jewish sign of right. showing that you're the right. chosen one. Jewish versus Gentile. Yeah. It's just That's something it. that was done to most American boys. Yeah. I, I don't know all the reasons why. I think a lot of it was kind of a hyped idea of, well, it's for sanitation. It, it wasn't a religious thing, I think. Um, but yeah, most, they, peop, most men of our generation are circumcised. Huh. But in Europe, not so much. And you've, you've got Germany, 
not just like San Francisco has been talking about trying to ban it and they're kind of getting some pushback and they lost in the courts, but the whole nation of Germany is talking about trying to ban circumcision and they're getting pushback from the Jews, of course, because, you know, World War II was kind of bad for German-Jewish relations, but um, there, there's a big push not to do that and there's a lot of criticism of this American Academy of Pediatrics conclusion saying, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the idea that these um, studies of the African HIV rates and how how helpful circumcision actually was, they talk about these studies that they were very selective about their subjects who wanted to get circumcised anyway compared to cohorts who didn't, who weren't being cleanly, or um, they stopped studies early and and that can skew the numbers very much or they couldn't find people and do follow-up studies so they don't know how well it actually prevented HIV transmission to be circumcised in Africa so there's been a lot of criticism within the scientific world to say well no it's not as beneficial as you may think or at least we feel yeah um well, we've had cases here where San Francisco is trying to ban it. Yeah, know? that's that's yeah. what I was saying earlier. Well, okay, I, I, I just Sorry. I just found a, a website called noharmm.org, no harm, mm-hmm. and according to this website, and I cannot vouch for its authenticity at all, but um, he says there was in the late 1800s there was a Dr. Peter Charles Ramondino who was a well-known physician, and he was a public health official, and he was champion of universal circumcision. Um, and he wrote that Which the foreskin... Which back then, yeah, high, high, hygiene probably yeah. was improved, but we've done, you know, we have rows and aisles of soap in the grocery store, for crying out loud. Right. We can wash ourselves. Right. And or he at least said, I do. I don't he, know about you, Gary, but I wash he, myself. And he referred to it as an unyielding tube and a superfluity made the intact male a victim, quote, a victim to all manner of ill sufferings, ellipsis, and other conditions calculated to weaken him physically, mentally, and morally to land him perchance in jail or even a lunatic asylum. At the same time, <laughs> so intact penises made them crazy. Yes, uh, but at the same time, there was a Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, a well-known fundamentalist health reformer and medical journalist, uh, and who, he, who actually, he actually he actually uh, went on to cre- he also went to cre- went on to create the cornflake. He said, quote, a remedy for masturbation, which is almost always successful in small boys, is circumcision. <laughs> um, Sorry, Donna. You know, no, Donna, you don't is. get the joke. <laughs> oh, wait, you have a little boy, don't you? Okay. <laughs> yes. That is that is total well, and you know, utter think bullshit. Think about it. Think about it. So, well, it probably does stop it for like two weeks. But at that age, you're not thinking about it. (laughs) The moment you discover masturbation, um, with the exception of those people who have the threat of hell and damnation hanging over their heads. They do it anyway. They just feel bad about it. They they do it, but I think they may hold off just a wee bit. Like, uh, maybe a minute or so less. Well, what I was (laughs) figuring was... If you catch your kid masturbating and then you take him out to get him circumcised, there's that's two weeks of not actually. Oh well, yeah, well yeah, but they but they were talking about 
younger. So. All I imagine is some kid brought by his parents to, to God, the doctor fuck you up. To, to get circumcised, and you get the same reaction of a dog who never wants to go to the vet anymore because... <laughs> You're sick. You have tuberculosis. The the dog gets brought to, you know, or a cat or whatever gets brought to the vet because of stomach problems. And, like, the vet has to probe them in the backside. And cat or dog all of a sudden doesn't want to go to the vet anymore. So I can imagine. I think my dogs are kind of okay with it. (laughs) I think they just want to get out of the house. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. So... That's an interesting insight. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. What we got? What we got? Well, mo- speaking of moving on, there are a lot Ooh. of people who move into older houses, especially here in Texas, that uh-huh. might have older power meters on yeah. their houses. Yeah, Dan and I both got smart meters installed on our houses, and the reason I did it. Is one I was interested in t- t- technology, and they said you could probably save money on on your heating and cooling bills uh, because they were also installing a, a home uh, manager system, a home manager system, but spe- very specifically a programmable thermostat, which I had initially attempted to install in my house, but the wiring on my heat pump. Um, was crazy insane. What? Yeah, it, it messed up the. It, it wasn't it wasn't standard because it's kind of it's getting old. So I, anyway, um, so I was really excited about it. And first of all, I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. It was really exciting to to watch the guy replace the meter because they didn't. They just uh, bypassed it. Yeah. And then they put the sucker in and then took off their their bypasses. So there was no interruption to my service at all. However. Uh, one thing I was a little bit worried about was, and still a little bit am, is some privacy concerns. And and there are, because the power company can see how much power you are using. They can go in there uh, in, say, a hot summer afternoon when you're supposed to be at work and raise your normal temperature of your house, say, from 82, which is what mine usually is at normally, and raise it up to 84 or 85 which they've been doing all week, or mm-hmm. actually for the last about week and a half. Um, about three three o'clock, they'll raise my the temperature in the house to eighty five, um, so they can see how much power you you're using. Right now, I'm not really certain what they can tell other than that that you're using power. That's where I don't understand this whole <laughs> no. privacy thing. It's not yeah. like they have a camera inside your house no. watching you masturbate or something to yeah. go back to the previous story yeah but uh, apparently uh, according to the that doesn't stop some people from being washington, damn post. washington post there are people in houston specifically i'm sure they're all and dallas and uh, i'm sure they're all over texas uh who refuse to have new meters put in because they think it is an intrusion on their privacy and that it's big brother uh, looking at them, and right. and they they are threatening the the electrical people who are coming by to replace them with guns. Yeah. They're locking up their their meters so they can't change them. Now uh, they're they're my, building steel cages steel around cages. their meters so it yeah. can't oh, be well, changed. Here's here's my personal favorite in this. The recent hearings up in Austin 
protesters insisted that everyone recite the Pledge of Allegiance before the meeting could begin. Yeah. And they actually godwin themselves by calling, it's the Gestapo, you can't do this. And the fact is, like, yes, they can, can. because this it, is a private company which is publicly supported. You're buying a <laughs> utility service. Yes. Yeah. They they supply everything. You don't have the right to to, to stop turn people. It, well, you do have the right, you, but it means removing yourself from the power grid. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's perfectly all right. And the, the and the the fact is that all these kind of quotes these people are talking about the it's the Gestapo you can't do this or I'm not a redneck girl and I'm gonna put up with it or this is Texas we have rights to choose what appliances we put in our houses. There's no, there's really no reasons behind this. They just don't want it. They're not giving reasons. I mean, well, they're they're th- frightened. They're they're it's just changed. being frightened, and it's not. They're not bringing any actual reasons to the to the fore because yeah, some people in this article talk about. They talked about in this article that some people are worried about these meters because they say, oh well, it's a radio signal, and um, radio signals have been linked as a possible cancer. Yes. Source right. or whatever. And they're not even quoting that. Let's leave aside for the fact that radio waves have been called a quote-unquote possible cancer source, and so have bananas. So, Well, bananas are radioactive. Exactly. So it's, it's they don't understand the actual science. The people who are claiming this is a carcinogen is don't understand the actual no. science of the, the ratings. I know we talked about this like six months ago, that they changed cell phone signals to the from the not at all in no way shape or form list to the well maybe we don't know the science is not in yet yet all the articles were constantly saying you know they announced it's a carcinogen yeah. it's like no you got to understand the gradations here Just but like but these people aren't even getting that much no, scared they're, they're, territory it's just they're the people that get off don't my lawn like change or I'll yeah in uh, in addition these smart meters like you and I have installed they only control two things they control your heat pump and your water heater. Yep. Actually, no. that's not quite true. Not quite true? No. You can have it hooked up to control anything that goes off that that uses three phase power off of the uh, off okay. of the meter. Uh, which is kinda cool because if you have a a water pump for a pool or for a septic system or stuff like that, mm-hmm. you can one, regulate when it turns on and off. You can see how much power it's drawing, right? And that's actually the cool thing. Now, the the whole purpose of putting these smart meters in is because our infrastructure has is starting to fail. Yeah, yeah. we we have not been building, we have not been fixing the or problems improving. or improving uh, the infrastructure that we have. CPS here in San Antonio actually has been, but all of this old infrastructure is not being replaced because it's very expensive to do. I mean, you have to shut down roads, you have to tear down poles and put up new redo poles. Wires and re- and redo wires, yeah, redo transmission copper, stations. Copper is not cheap anymore. No. Right. right. Um, so the, the, what's happening is people are using more power. I mean, well, just across the board, people are using more power because everything is electrical these days, right? Mm-hmm. And so these smart meters help the utilities to Reduce balance the load to balance the hours. load to balance the load in peak hours, which it does it reduces strain on the entire system. Right. 
So it, that's well, the whole purpose. The whole purpose is to keep a, keep it doing from being this, a blackout, right, brownout. Keep it from rolling yeah, blackouts. Ro- rolling blackouts, brown. Yeah, the whole thing. So if if California had had this a couple of years ago, they could possibly not have had those rolling blackouts. Now, Texas hasn't had that problem because yes, we've had rolling blackouts. We had them we? just last year. I don't remember. I that. know because I got affected by them. Mm-hmm. Because they are. I didn't didn't affect me. Well, here's the thing, though. With the rolling blackouts, it's actually only about 25% of the population that gets affected. Yeah. Because if you are on the same grid as a power, as a as a streetlight, or near a hospital or something else, you're not going to be affected. Right. Because it maintains for civil and emergency services. But my neighborhood, where it was supposed to be blacked out for 50 minutes, on for an hour, blacked out for 50 minutes. I ended up blacked out for like eight hours. Yeah. Well, this, well, this raises a good point. Okay, I, I live in a, in a different part of town than you and Greg. Um, and more I know, information for our stalkers. Yeah, good. Exactly. Um, I, I don't have the the large buildup of houses around where I'm at. Okay, it's it's still you know twenty year old uh, area, but or twenty thirty year old area, but there's it's. It's not as dense, yeah. densely populated. Now I know that over on on your side of town, that when it storms, this side of town constantly has blackouts. Yes. Uh, for and that's because it's basically overloaded. Yeah. Even if it's just for a couple minutes, the power yeah. goes out. Exactly. I have to reset my damn clocks again. Yeah. And the only the only time I have it over on my side is when uh, lightning strikes uh, a line or somebody runs into. Uh, a line. I actually have very rare an actual physical problem where someone yeah. has to go out and fix one of the lines, as opposed to just we're just we got too many damn houses on yeah. our little system over here. Exactly, right. and the smart the, the smart meters can help with that. Help do that, right? Yeah. And because, like, I mean, I know that in my neighborhood, I have family members that live close to me, and apparently between me and my brother, which is only a six house difference. Somewhere there's there's one of those line delineations because either he will lose power or I will lose power, but <laughs> another one of us. Although I did actually get the what's the the is it the transformer or whatever that's on the 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 the, me- the, the, the yeah there's um the metal boxy thing that's on the uh, actual power pole. Yeah, that is actually a line conditioner. Uh, the transformer usually is on the ground. That's that big block okay. thing in somebody's well, yard. Our line conditioner right outside my house got hit one year. I didn't awesome. have power for a week. Yep. Yeah, but those are impressive when they blow, aren't they? <laughs> oh my god, scared <laughs> the shit out of me. I'm not like crack. Yeah. I mean sparks flying, they are and they're cool. actually. Part of my really miserable lawn actually caught on fire, so we had to run out and like, yeah, stomp it out and everything else. But oh my god, that was scary. Yeah, <laughs> but these, yeah, and these the first are... thing that I went to was oh my god, the electronics. <laughs> <laughs> he is dead because of too much electric. Okay, <laughs> but these people are just kind of yelling out at at these meetings saying, you know, you're violating our Fourth Amendment or something like that. It's like, I, no one really cares what the fuck is going on in your little redneck house. But, but you, but no you one's going to hack you. <laughs> They're going to go hack, like, Samsung, IBM, Apple, the big companies for the big information. They don't fucking care about you and your little house. Yeah. I'm and sorry, but 
And, no. and really, that also raises the question of um, if you have nothing to hide, <laughs> which they always say for people who've heard about the PIDs. But what is it about people named Aiken? There was a guy. <laughs> yes, we're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go there. Just there a little a, bit of a callback from last week. The, yeah, there is. Okay, so we have Todd Aiken who opened his mouth and revealed um, a soulless. That, that apparently there's no legitimate rape. Yeah. And then there's this David Aiken guy, uh, I guess up in Austin. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, he was going to testify about the new meters, and, and a staff member was saying, the new meters are not meant to spy on you. And David Aiken replied, yes, they are! Yeah. Um, Just no civil no. discourse, not willing to listen to the actual information. No. Just believing that there's a big conspiracy just against him and his dumbass little house. Yep. So, but you know what? As far as I'm concerned, they can keep the old meters. <clears throat> they just have to pay for the privilege. Yeah, yeah. they actually talked about that in the article, that fine, if you want to do it, we're going to charge you extra per month. Yeah. Because Which, someone has to come out and check your meter physically, because... Yeah. Part of the thing about these meters is that radio yeah. signal is sent to you. Sent it's to, transmitted back back to uh, there. Yeah. So you don't you don't have to have some schmuck walking around your neighborhood making all the dogs bark. And, exactly. And they don't have to go into your backyard. I would think that would be more of a privacy concern for some of these people too. Maybe some of these <laughs> people understand. are growing pot in their backyard and they don't want anybody to know. So if they have an e meter, you're not going to have someone going into your backyard seeing that. Yeah. On the other hand, with the e-meter, they can see exactly how much power you're, you're consuming. Who cares? You know what, though? I've actually yeah. found that really interesting because it really did help me kind of look at my power usage. Oh, yeah? And say, okay, yeah, I'm using too much. You know, but, I mean, I have a six-year-old who believes that every light in the house must be on at all times. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's kids, right? Standing in front of the refrigerator with it open and the freezer open going, Arr, arr. Okay. Anyway, uh, enough with enough with the CPS and the energy. Well, I I do believe that actually leads us not into the lightning round. Lightning no, round. no, no, Gary, oh. no. Oh. I said not into the lightning round. Not lightning round. round. <laughs> no, sorry, we're not doing the lightning round this because week because it's Marr. song time. Song time. As everybody knows, my two co-hosts are more musically inclined than I am. Musically inclined! And they, in Jan- or January? Was it? No. Yeah, thereabouts. They started up a song challenge where they would each write a song every four to six weeks. They were trying to go for every month, yeah. but we've had... We have lives. It's we hard. did one in July. We are still doing one in August. It is monthly, damn it. <laughs> yeah. But we what do, he said. We do have lives and, and everything else. So, But this month, they're getting their song in right under the wire. <laughs> right under that skeptic wire. Oh, oh, hey. Good one, Donna. Donna made a funny for once. <laughs> And so we were writing about summer. The, I believe the original uh, idea behind this was to write a, a summer anthem. Anthem, exactly. No. Summer anthem thing. Sort of like, you know, Summer Lovin' from Greece, sort of. Oh, there's like a new Nissan commercial, which is just based on like that Summer Lovin' score. 
Or no, I'm thinking Greece. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. annoying as hell. Sorry. <laughs> Bad Greg. Bad Greg. Bad Greg. Wow. No wonder you keep that other door closed. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we want to know what's behind that door. <laughs> but, so, here we go. Here's, uh, we'll start with Gary's song first. <laughs> because my song was first last month. Yeah. Summertime, sun is shining and the feeling's right. Hanging out until the sun gets low. Dust it on, get to the party and go, go, go. Synchronicity, an angel's wings beat in time with me. That sacred nectar's good for guys before the ladies. They phlebotomize. Hanging out with Anaphilies One of three known to spread nasty, cruel disease Adding Kulix and Aedes Everyone can cause encephalitis And when we're looking for a good time We're searching out the sweet smell of carbon dioxide Those drinking by the fireside Can be sure to attract a female's hungry compound eyes Synchronicity An angel's wings beat in time with me that sacred nectar's good for guys, but for the ladies, they flip out of minds. Summertime is here. Dengue fever, yellow fever, West Nile virus and malaria. Summertime is here. Shirts, beating wings at 300 plus plus. Applying deep keeps the girls at bay And thicker it and worse just as well as they say Black light protection doesn't do as good Even when surrounded by stagnant pools and wood Ultrasonics are just a joke And won't do much to stop my girl's proboscis poke Buzzing around in the summertime Sun is shining and the feeling's right Hanging out in 
till the sun gets low. Dust it on, get to the party and go, go, go. Heaven round in the summertime. Sun is shining and the feeling's right. Hanging out until the sun gets low. That was Gary's song um, called Summertime is Here. Um, very interesting song. Um, so tell me, how in the hell did you come up with this one? Because this is one of your more unique songs. Um, it, it took me a while, again, like, what? More unique? Isn't that? One of, no, one of you, my If more something unique. is unique, it's unique. Oh, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> you're, you're correct. You okay. are correct. Sorry. Uh, this is a unique song of yours. Tell us about it. <laughs> interesting. More interesting than usual. Uh, stranger than usual? Yeah. Because I think Stranger might actually be a, a pretty... Yeah? Yeah. Excellent. I was going for uh, Silly. <laughs> um, silly in that depressing sort of slit your wrists way when you start talking about um, encephalitis and <laughs> no uh, the the idea I, f- I finally got found the angle I wanted to do and it's from the viewpoint of a mosquito I got that yeah. I understood that <laughs> so and you know I don't think that mosquitoes really want to go around giving us diseases or anything but how do you know that I don't that's why I say I don't necessarily know that they do or don't but um, I figured this is uh, Mosquito's point of view, and he's getting his buddies, and they're going to go out, you know, and buzzing around town <laughs> and knowing the local populace of humans and maybe biting them, getting the girls, uh, getting the girls some blood so they can make some babies. <laughs> but it actually does tell tell our listeners that applying DEET. Yeah, which it sh- everybody should be using mosquito repellent that has DEET, especially if you're now living in Texas with the West Nile virus um, epidemic that we have going on. Yeah, and also the Picadur and Picadillon, whatever the hell it is. Right, yeah. and that black... <laughs> Picaridin, I think. Picaridin. Hold on, I will, I will open it up. Captain John Luke Picardin. <laughs> Pickeridin or Pickeridin. I think I say p- Pickeridin in the song. But yeah, it, it does. It's as, it's as effective. And that's the uh, that's the, the cutter, I think. Okay. It, uh, versus the off. And that's actually good for kids down to like two months old. So it's actually, it's actually really. Uh, and you also really do good. actually get into some of the more skeptical. Uh, you look at some of the um, mosquito repellents in a skeptical way because you do talk about ultrasonics and black light being basically ineffective. The, yes, yes, at they are deterring um, mosquitoes. So yeah, so I, I you know it took me. I got had the music done for like a week, week and a half, and I, I, I wrote basically four different versions of the song, and uh, originally it was going to be sunblock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't find a really good angle that just didn't sound like it was preachy. You know, I was like, put the sunblock on, otherwise, you know, it's going to destroy your RNA and you're going to, you know, all that stuff. I'll have to save some of that because there were some clever lines. You can recycle. With, yeah, having to do with RNA and how it turns the skin red and it sloughs off and stuff. But, but then I thought, well, wait a minute. Uh, if I 
because I, I need I need I always need an angle when I when I write a song, you know, because I, I like to write stories of you know even if it's just like a, a small glimpse into a into a larger thing. I thought, well, yeah. plus you have all those extra protractors lying around. Yes, exactly. Angle. Yes. Yeah, I got it. It wasn't that funny. Yeah, and I got the box sort of touched by an angle, so you know it was good. It's all good. Um, so it just it just took me a while to think. Well, wait a minute. Uh, at, at some point in my, I think the third iteration, I said something about a mosquito. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I could do it from the mosquito's point of view, mm-hmm. and so that's what I did. That is a long roundabout explanation of just saying. That idea from the mosquito's yeah. point of view. It it did seem to almost be a theme that females are dangerous. Well, yes, but well, the, the females are dangerous because the, the males don't bite. That that's why the the sacred nectar is good for guys, but for the ladies they phlebotomize and that's be, you know, yeah. they suck the blood out and they need the the blood, which I didn't get to, but they need the blood to actually f- for for the uh, for the larva. Right. So you're saying don't trust women. Women will hurt you. And that they have a proboscis. Yes. I, I thought it was teeth down there, but okay. <laughs> Look at you! Oh, wow! Sorry. <laughs> sorry. So, no, just because I broke up with a girlfriend doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Not mad at girls. Damn fucking skeeters. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway... Okay. Moving on. Moving Greg. on. Moving on to Greg's song. Here we are. Well, let's listen to Greg's song. It's summertime, and if one thing don't kill you, then another thing will. The tops down your helmets off, weaving, racing down the lane. Cause when the sun is shining, crashing snot on your brain The skydive won't kill you, it's the beers while you're driving your boat One of these sunny dog days, the odds are gonna get your goat It's summertime, if an engine don't kill you, then the water sports will Like mom told you But you're still Cramping in the pool Or a shark bites your ass While you're chumming For the school You're the life of the party Diving drunk From the platform As you fall on your head The risks don't take a brainstorm Cause it's You blew off your brick You're toasted at the barbecue Too bad you pass out in the fire I don't think those just desserts Were the steaks that you desired For this 
tell you that statistics will Cause the odds are against you Our brains can't do the math About those risks you take That puts you in fate's path So take it from the skeptics Be careful around you this summer You might not make it to the winter And your funeral would be a bummer it's summertime, if the summer don't kill you, then the winter time will. Greg, yes. so, your song's a little depressing. <laughs> well, I, I think for some reason, Gary and I were both on a similar vibe of, yeah, it's summer, but something horrible is going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah. He at least just, you know, has, you know, malaria and dengue fever going on. You're, wow, crashing motorcycles and well, the parachute's just not opening. The risky behavior. No, well, that was kind of, well, that one lyric about um, the skydive won't kill you, it's the beer while you're driving your boat was, uh, the whole song is about, well, think about the risks you take, where actually skydiving isn't so bad because there's a lot of safety around it, but then you just have some douche driving around on his motorboat pounding down beers, that's more likely to kill you than probably skydiving will. Sure. So looking at those odds and actually thinking, all right, you know, am I more likely to die because I rode my motorcycle with a helmet or because I'm swimming around sharks? Shark attacks, while horrible, are less happen less often than than motorcycle accidents or some dumb, drunk idiot, you know, falling off a diving platform. I don't know. I think there's more people riding motorcycles than swimming around sharks. So swimming around sharks is actually, percentage-wise, if you swim around sharks, you're more likely to be attacked. Right, but think about (laughs) all the number of people who go swimming, and it's usually beach attacks they're talking about. Oh, see, that's different. Okay. (laughs) Um, So. No, you're right about that. Or even driving a car. Sorry. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is actually a very mathematically, skeptically sounding song. Yes. Because you, you really do, you examine the, the that relationship between the reality of what you see on the news versus, not the reality of what you see on the news, what the news portrays and what the reality is. Yeah. That you're more likely to be killed by an idiot drunk driver than... You know, right. jumping out of a- or just in general stupid behavior like playing with fireworks if you don't know what you're doing. And Hold as- my beer, watch this. Yeah, essentially, the last words of any redneck is "Hey, y'all, watch this." Yeah, no, it's not. It's "Hold my beer and watch this." <laughs> oh, okay. Right. You got, you got to make sure you get that "Hold the beer" thing. It's it's actually required. You're legally obligated to. Of course, okay. this, is, this is sort of the second anti-drinking song you've done. Oh, you noticed that theme too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink. There's a reason I don't drink. I think it leads to a lot of uh, behavior that is not good. Okay. So I write. That's part of my songs because that's part of my brain and part of my <laughs> my opinion. Sure. Kind of preachy though. <laughs> uh huh. Your point being. 
<laughs> okay, we're so, preachy about skepticism in general. Well, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so stylistically, though, different. this song is very different than yeah. than what you've done. It before. wasn't so much like so, a lot of the other ones have done. Obviously, have a folky angle. And some have a little kind of folk rock angle, but this is a lot more Latin than I've ever ever really attempted. Why? I would basically say that because the 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 the, the lyrics of the song is all about you know these are kind of crappy things that'll happen to you in the summer. I wanted a breezy, summery kind of feel, and that to me says Latiny. Huh. Now. You did actually learn how to play bongos for this, or did you kind of already have that? Or um, I recently acquired bongos, and I've played some percussion, and I felt uh, you know I I'm having come from a bluegrassy type background. I don't feel that a song has to have percussion. Something that Gary has argued with me on for <laughs> many many months. You know, I I understand that. You know, the the bluegrass style is very much kind of the mandolin is the snare drum, and you've got the bass doing the one and two, one and three, and the mandolin doing three and four. Musicians will understand what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. So you don't have to have percussion as long as you keep some time. But for Racist. something... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, wait, not, not, not racist. Uh... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> He just hates percussion. I figured for something that is supposed to be a Latin type song, you need a shaker and percussion. So that's why I added it. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, okay. Thank you, Gary. Okay. Uh, do Your you have, song was good too. <laughs> do either of you have anything to add about your songs that you want to? Two mention? and two equals four. That's adding. That would be no. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, since we don't really have a song for our next challenge, I would in- like to invite our listeners and our Facebook fans to get Suggest on- a theme. Suggest a theme, right. Um, we are heading into September. There are various themes that we could pick from. Returning to school, um, start of <laughs> starting of fall, of the autumn season sort of things. Would really like to to get some input. What do you want to hear, my co-hosts? Or it doesn't even to... have to be about the 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 time of the month that it is. It could be that's racist. A, it could be a just general skeptical theme. You want a song about homeopathy, or you know, or yeah. or ducks, or throw some words that you'd like in the song. Yes. Alrighty. Which yeah. so it doesn't necessarily have to be a theme, but we have, you know, like if you want pneumonia ultra microscopic silicovaciniconiosis in a song. Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to veto that right now. Um, I'm sorry, Greg. You don't have that power. This is my segment. This is my part of it. So hmm. we'll let the fans decide. Uh, but please send us suggestions soon because, because we need some time to actually write and create. But uh, email us or uh, post something to our Facebook page or uh, tweet us, tweet at us. Um, is that is that what is done? Tweet you, us. You are tweeted at or you you're twatted Just, at or I think I don't we're know. twatted. Okay. Racist. <laughs> Tweeted. Tweet us. Tweet us. Give us give us the Twitter. 
Yeah, baby. Tweet us. <laughs> okay, and I think with that, it is time for us to say good night. Good night. It's time to say good night. Good night. Sleep tight. Suddenly I went cockney. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back on circumcision. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Yeah, now, I, I just got the my power meter in the new power... Uh, excuse me. Well, we, because I yes, also did that's it right. as well. Just have, yeah, uh, so Don and I just got... Just had... Our separate houses. Let, 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 let him finish. Let him finish. <laughs> yeah. Don and I, on our separate houses, completely separated from it by like 40 minutes worth of driving. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, fuck, fuck, crap, shit, damn, Wisconsin. Oh, God, oh God the, <laughs> the, the Tourette's is back. Quick, give him fresh fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have scurvy. I, you think? I don't know. <laughs> I was about to just say longitudinal. <laughs> longitudinal. Apparently, we're going to have to stop right now because Donna has gone no, your nuts. Dog was poking her nose in my ass. <laughs> Good girl, Harpo. Good girl. Ugh. <laughs>